0: welcome to union hall
1: hello thank you so much for for coming here very much appreciated Yes. Yeah.
0: thank you i just realized we should have come out to the song "Wuthering heights <laughs>
1: oh my gosh!
0: but uh, i've actually never
1: heard that one before <laughs>
0: i'll have to tell you later yeah. uh yeah welcome to book club everybody um this is a comedy show where we read books so you don't have to
1: but also if you have that's That's fine, Um, and and probably good because the jokes will make (laughs) Make more sense. sense. Yeah, Um, but if you haven't, we sort of try and make it. Yeah, but even
0: we're going to explain Wuthering Heights a little bit, just so if you haven't read it, you will understand the jokes. Uh, So yeah, so this month's book is Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte.
1: Mm -hmm. So um, we love the book, um, (laughs) and you know it's it's a classic. Um, And I think it's also important to recognize that almost everyone in the book sucks.
0: Yeah. Every single person in this book is really annoying, hard to read. Um, So we thought we would start a new monthly thing for Book Club and just make a list of uh, everyone who sucks in the book. Mm
1: -hmm. It's called List of People Who Suck in the Book.
0: (laughs) All right, so Heathcliff, the main character.
1: He obviously sucks. He sucks. Like, uh, without a question. Yeah, also, yeah.
0: his name... Okay, <laughs> he what? wants. He's, Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> he's always in a bad mood. Mm. He's rude to everyone. His name is like two things that his like adoptive father saw on the way home. Mm-hmm. Like Heathcliff, <laughs> Cliff. sure.
1: Mm. He also talks about killing people a lot, and no one really takes it very seriously, <laughs> which... Kind of is a bit weird. You would say if someone threatens to murder someone, yeah, like openly, normally Although, bad.
0: I have a coworker who has a small knife and threatens to kill me with it every day, and it's the only thing that makes me laugh anymore.
1: Ah, oh. <laughs> good to know. <laughs> um, so, uh, Catherine,
0: she's like the love interest. She sucks. She
1: sucks. Yeah. Um, I mean, she 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 does she does die. But
0: oh yeah. people who
1: suck also also die. Yeah. Um,
0: my mom once said Janis Joplin, she's such a slut, and I said, Mom, she's dead, and my mom said, doesn't make her any less of a slut.
1: Jeez. Um, yeah. I don't know if that applies to Catherine. Yeah. But,
0: <laughs> but she, she does sucks. suck. Yeah. All right. Edgar Linton is the guy that is like a neighbor. He marries Catherine. He sucks. Because mm-hmm. um, he
1: marries Catherine. She sucks Yeah.
0: yeah. Nellie Dean is the narrator.
1: We think that she does not suck. she's one of the people who does not suck. She tells a good story, even though it's she goes on quite a bit and will talk for like <laughs> sixty pages and then be like "I'm sorry it's one <laughs> thirty in the morning oh it's a uh, yeah it's a bit bit of a rude storytelling method but. yeah,
0: just for talking off the top of her head she's surprisingly. Cogent, Yeah, uh, and
1: she said one of the, like, most famous novels in the entire world. <laughs> yeah, she just said it off, the, off the top of her head, without yeah. break. It was amazing.
0: Yeah. Um, Lockwood is the guy who, like, comes and asks Nellie to tell the story, and...
1: This is a divided one. I think Lockwood is actually not a person who sucks.
0: I... Yes! Okay, <laughs> I think that Lockwood sucks because he, like, doesn't like dogs, he's always thinking that everyone's in love with him, he is just really dumb, and I think that, actually, he sucks because Emily Bronte wanted the novel to be really annoying, and, like, he's the audience stand-in, and she's saying that the audience is stupid, mm-hmm. and I think that because I took one class in college that told me that's what it is, and I was like, sure. Sure. <laughs> All right, and then I wrote for that class uh, an essay about how the third Twilight book is based on Wuthering Heights, which is true. I, th-
1: I think he's just like a sort of g- a goofball, which is kind of <laughs> nice to have sometimes in a book. Someone who like gets people's names wrong and like doesn't like dogs. I think it's cute. <laughs> anyway.
0: Says a goofball. <laughs> um, young Catherine is Catherine's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Probably right. sucks. But, yeah. yeah. Carrotin?
1: Uh, Oh, we, there was dis- disagreement. Harriton or Hareton, as Blythe said. I think it's Harriton. Well, you're
0: British, so you would know.
1: Yeah, he, he definitely sucks. He sucks. He throws a rock at Nellie's head, and she's like one of the two people who don't <laughs> he suck. Doesn't suck. Maybe. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then everyone else in the book sucks because they're too boring to mention.
1: Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that we don't think it's a classic. We think it's a great book. You should read it again.
0: Yeah, Colin was very afraid that people would walk out during the monologue because we're too hard on the <laughs> characters in weathering yeah, Heights.
1: Yeah, if you do need to do that, please do that now. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, so...
0: Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, I read this book like eight years ago, but I think what happens is that... Uh, There's this family, two families who live on the moors, and this dad of one of the families brings home this foundling, Heathcliff, Mm -hmm. and Heathcliff is like a psycho, and he falls in love with Catherine, Catherine. another psycho, Mm -hmm. and it's like kind of a love story between them.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of bad parenting that goes on. It's kind (laughs) of like, if you want a parenting book, this is like the
0: anti-parenting book. Well, and so at some point, like, through bad parenting, Catherine gets bit by a dog?
1: Yeah, she goes to their neighbor's house, which is, like, four miles away, gets bit by a dog, and then has to stay there for five weeks, and comes back, like, really fancy, and and dramatically changed.
0: (laughs) It's like she went on a gap year, and everyone's like, bitch, you were bitten by a dog, like, four (laughs) miles away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah it's kind of like the whole book is like an anti-rom-com in that it's a love story between two people who like suck it's like you're the worst if Gretchen died in season 2 um, for anybody who watches you're the worst
1: I don't watch you're the worst it's so good yeah.
0: but yeah it's like two shitty people in love which is like Ross and Rachel or like my wedding hashtag two shitty I, people I in love, love. That.
1: <laughs> I will definitely use that
0: yeah Um, but yeah I think if you're like not reading closely or not in a college class that's telling you this book is anti-reader it's easy to be like this is so romantic like Catherine says whatever souls are made of his and mine are the same Um, but it's like I don't don't know it's like two one guy wants to murder everyone all the time and then the other one comes back as a ghost just to be annoying Mm
1: -hmm. it's not not that romantic I mean in a certain sense I suppose I wouldn't do it. Not my kind of romantic gesture, but
0: Yeah. But I think yeah. there's like this is why people think that mean people are like flirting with you. There's like because of this book. a straight line from this to like you've got male. Cuz I think Tom Hanks is like an evil person and you've got mail.
1: Tom Hanks is Heathcliff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could kind of see that film. Maybe.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um so, yeah, and another way that this book just, like, doesn't give you what you want is we know nothing about the main character, Heathcliff. Like, he shows up when he's, like, eight. We don't know anything about him. Mm-hmm. And then he, like, plays in the Moors for, like, ten years, and then he goes away for three years and makes a fortune, and we never know how he did this.
1: And one thing that we decided to do was to posit things that Heathcliff did when he was away. <laughs> and the, the first one was that he invented an app <laughs> that IPO'd at a billion dollars but then was revealed to have a really toxic sexist wor- working culture and he was <laughs> ousted as the CEO. <laughs> Just like very Heathcliff. Yeah, that is so, <laughs> right?
0: I feel like that's definitely it but here's another idea. Uh, he sold tea Which I think is the only way to make money in England is selling tea.
1: That's what I did before I came here. (laughs) Um, He marries a rich woman and kills her, which is
0: kind of almost what he does again. Yeah. Um, He writes a book under a female pseudonym because he definitely believes in reverse sexism.
1: And he was like, this is the first major book by a woman, (laughs) woman, but it's actually him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: (laughs) he was a lobbyist
0: Um, he found a rare coin just like a really rare coin and he found it
1: that very Heathcliff if if you haven't read the book a major part of the thing is he's finding rare coins all over the place yeah
0: And then, and then the final idea is that for the first two years he went to Harvard Business School and then for the last year he just worked at Goldman and that set him up for life.
1: And, and also property values in Yorkshire are actually kind of low. It's like kind of cheap. So like one year at Goldman in New York. <laughs> You can get a whole estate in Yorkshire for that. It's very nice. (laughs)
0: Why I'm leaving New York for Yorkshire. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so that's her ideas. Uh, We'll let the comedians take it away now. We've got a great show for you tonight. Um, Our first comedian, oh, my God, I love her so much. She uh, hosts It's a Guy Thing at Union Hall. The next one's on the 25th. And she has a solo show, the 20th, at the Duplex. Uh, Please give it up for Catherine Cohen. (laughs)
2: Oh my god. I have an amazing voice. <laughs> wow. What a night. Thank you, Goodever, Blythe, and Colin, your hosts. I love this space, yes. It reminds me of a small room. It's me, Kathy, Kathy, come on. That's what you should have come out to. I would have done it a cappella for free. <laughs> Yes, I did do acapella in college. Thank you so much. (laughs) Awesome. That's the crowd work for tonight. So you can just chill out. I won't bother you anymore. Very fun. Um, Weathering Heights. Yeah, I've read it. I'm an excellent student. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Though this morning I was like, hmm, don't remember it at all. So what did I do? Hopped on Sparknotes. They're still there. My trusty friend. After all these years, they're the only ones. (laughs) They're there for me. That's a whole other thing. So I go on there. I read the summary. First line is like, this dude goes to like this manor because he wants to relax. And I'm like, say no more. That, for me, is an entire novel. I did not read the rest. I'm like, that is so my vibe. I don't know if you can smell it on me, but I'm a woman who needs to just go be by the sea if that rings any bells. I have many ailments. I'm from before. There's always something wrong. I'm someone who's like, I'm so, so sorry. The line at Whole Foods is too stressful. I have to just go be by the sea. You know what I mean? That's kind of my vibe. I have, um, I get migraines with visual aura, which sounds like a fake beautiful thing, but it's real and horrible. I hurt my foot the other day from just like walking. And this morning, I had one sip of cold brew and ruined my entire and only butthole. (laughs) So what I'm trying to tell you is, like, it's always something. So, like, I need to go be by the sea. If I was in the past, I would instantly be diagnosed with hysteria. And honestly, I think and know that I have hysteria. (laughs) I definitely have it. There is no question. Every day I wake up and I'm just like come on. <laughs> but instead of going to be by the sea and having like a doctor get me off with a dildo, <laughs> I have to like get fucking insurance. Thank you, SAG. I am in the union. <laughs> Go to the Upper East Side. What a trick. Talk to an old white man about my problems. And when I whip out a dildo, he's like, I feel uncomfortable. And I'm like, I thought you were a professional. <laughs> so very weird vibes there. But, um... I know it's like a problematic thing, like it was bad back then, Hysteria, but it's like, turn your feminism off for a second. <laughs> and look at me and realize that my life is perfect, but I have Hysteria. <laughs> yes, the, the Hysteria comic, that's what everyone in the industry calls me. Um, Slam <laughs> dunk, this is all going in the act. Are you guys having fun or no? <laughs> you guys are so quiet. <laughs> but honestly, I love it. I feel like I'm in a library. Uh, shh, shh, stop, shh, quiet it down. Thank you so much. (laughs) I like a show where it's just like, and I'm sort of dancing around. Everyone's like, that's when I feel like I can really uh, just finally relax. Oh, my God. I remember I was thinking about when I read *Weathering Heights*, which was in high school, and I was like, "Why don't I remember anything?" And I'm like, "Oh, because I was obsessed with a boy who didn't like me," um, which I'm obviously really chill about. And like, usually when people don't like me, I'm like, "That's totally fine." And like, I never complain. I'm never weird about it, and we go, <laughs> and we go to being friends the next day. But in high school, when I was younger, I was like, "This sucks." This guy in high school. I would write all his papers because he was dumb as shit. <laughs> and we've already addressed that I am incredibly intelligent. <laughs> no laughter, good. <laughs> they believe me. <laughs> Number two, this boy did this thing in class, which now it's like, are you kidding me? He thought it was a fun game to sit behind me and unhook my bra in class. His name? Harvey Weinstein. Oh, <laughs> um, no. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> um. Every man is a horror show. Men they're incredible. I mean you think they're bad, and then the next day it's like, oh, they're worse. <laughs> and the day after that you're like, Oh, they're worse. <laughs> it's a mathematical equation that I don't have a name for, but it is a theorem and it is a philosophy. Shh, <laughs> Shh please. <laughs> um Yeah, I mean you look at me and you think, okay, she has it all, right? <laughs> and I do, I'm beautiful, I'm gorgeous, and a friend once told me I looked like fat and Brie with the hair of Bob Bice. <laughs> okay, a lot of Bices here tonight, rock and roll. Love that shit, but I, I actually do have a boyfriend, thank you so much, and please hide your boners, you're obsessed. <laughs> Put it in, okay. It's shocking, right? that I have a beloved. You know why? I'm disgusting. <laughs> oh, no laugh. <laughs> Let me explain. Anyone else avoid flushing the toilet in the middle of the night because the sound scares you? Okay, we're getting somewhere. Just yesterday, I was caught. My boyfriend was like, you never wash your hands when you pee. <laughs> And I'm like, that isn't true. And he's like, you only do it when I catch you. (laughs) And I was like, that is true. (laughs) But I don't know if you need to every time. There's a lot of sort of hovering. There's not always contact, right? You're not always in it. Has has anyone been splunking? Unrelated. (laughs) Okay, cool, 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 cool. Wish I were taping the set, because I am killing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> She's like, I did not sign up for this. She's a woman who was definitely was like, at one point, like, BRB going to the sea <laughs> to bring it back, Started to bring it back from my killer opener, where you guys were like, what's happening? Um, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> that is why I'm gross. But you, OK, OK, fine. Men can exist. But here's my role. They gotta stop making movies. Men gotta stop making movies. Action movies are so boring that I could melt into the earth. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) I cannot even begin to watch a movie that's about, like, rope. (laughs) Or space. Or, like, sand. (laughs) Bitch, no. I just want to watch a movie where, like, there's a woman looking into her medicine cabinet, and she's like, hello, stranger. <laughs> That's my entire personality. That's all I care about. Um, because I want to be hashtag by the sea. <laughs> Bring it back. Oh, my God. I just, I just want to be a quiet lady who likes tea, and instead I'm up here doing this shit. Right? I will like I'll like try to drink tea and then I'll be like this is my new thing and then like I forget immediately. <laughs> it's so much. It's so exhausting. It's like <laughs> enough, enough. <laughs> I am gonna do 25 minutes on tea um, upstairs after the show. So for all you fansies, um, Catherine heads, I will be. Do you love that my name was the same name as the character? That's the only reason they asked me to do the show. <laughs> I was on the street. They, they were just like, ma'am, you look like your name's Catherine. And I was like, okay, I'll do your show. You're obsessed. Um, damn. I just want to be the kind of girl who just can, like, wear jeans. You know what I mean? The kind of girl who just doesn't like the taste of beer. The kind of girl who just, you know, has half a sandwich and actually <laughs> saves the rest for later. The kind of girl who can go into a coffee shop and just stare at sheet music. <laughs> just clutch it and stare at it. And not immediately shit herself when the cold brew touches her lip. Because Lord knows I'm not there yet. <laughs> wow. Slam dunk. <laughs> it is a gothic novel, and I wanted to share this like horror story that happened to me where I got my tonsils out, but then like something broke and I was spewing blood around my living room. Has that happened to anyone? (laughs) The doctor said in 2% of cases, there's like a relapse after the surgery, 2%. I am so fucking unique. (laughs) (laughs) I was in high school and I got my tonsils out and all of a sudden there was blood just everywhere and I was like, I had to rush to the emergency room. It It was so bad. And in the car, my mom, He's driving me there and I'm truly puking up my own blood like filling up this venti Starbucks thank you cup and she turns to me and she's just like I'm gonna buy you so many dresses (laughs) and honestly it worked and that's the kind of relationship I have with my family okay cool thank you guys so much
0: (laughs) keep it going for Catherine Cohen yay um, right when Jennifer Lawrence was like starting to get famous and like starting to perform relatability, she did a Rolling Stone profile where she was like, "I don't wash my hands after I pee." Like that was like how she's like a normal girl. And honestly, after that, I stopped washing my hands after I pee. Not like every time, but like <laughs> it takes too much time. All right.
1: Hi. Um, um, I'm I'm Colin we we met earlier um stokes is my last name um and i am here you're here too um it's good to see you uh i can't actually really see most of you because of the lights but um i just want to say that you know um anyway uh i write things sometimes um And I realized when I was reading Wuthering Heights that I've never written a love story or a book. Um, (laughs) And so I thought, you know, why not give it a shot? If there are any people who want to publish this, (laughs) talk to me after the show. (laughs) Um, These are two, or actually, I think there might be three, depending on how I'm feeling. (laughs) Pitches. There's sort of summaries of um, love stories. The first one is called um, Jane and David Blaine. (laughs) So Jane was walking down the street when she saw a little piece of trash on the sidewalk. Oh, she thought, a bit of garbage in the wrong place I'll pick it up and throw it out. It's already very romantic. <laughs> At the very same time, a man called David Blaine. Now, it's important to state here that he has no relation to David Blaine, the famous magician. It's a coincidence. David Blaine, no relation, was walking down the very same street. David saw the trash too, and decided to pick it up. What a good guy I am, he thought. (laughs) Even if I'm not David Blaine, (laughs) the magician, who has achieved international acclaim for his multiple wondrous tricks. I'm still doing some good in the world. Hopefully the woman I'm about to pass will notice and say hello. David Blaine and Jane bent down to pick up the piece of trash which was a partially darkened brown bag that had once held something greasy. Light played off... That was a beautiful noise. Light played off the bag's surface into each of their eyes like a sunbeam off of a paper bag (laughs) wet with grease. That's when their heads collided with each other, and it made a sound just like two big melons (laughs) smashing into each other. (laughs) The noise was so loud that it could be heard all throughout the meatpacking district, (laughs) a neighborhood they both loved hanging out in. Jane looked up, rubbing her head, wondering what kindred spirit had also decided to reach down and pick up this greasy paper bag to put it in the garbage. Would her eyes meet with those of David Blaine, a man who shares a name with a magician but has no connection to him whatsoever? Would they both apologize? Each being so flustered and embarrassed but at the same time intrigued by this stranger they had just bumped into. Meeting for coffee Dating, eventually falling in love. Would they marry Jane, taking David's last name (laughs) to become Jane Blaine? (laughs) Unfortunately not. (laughs) Because David Blaine was dead. The bump that had just happened was so severe that his head was a total mess. (laughs) And Jane looked in horror at what she had done. All she had wanted to do was to clean up the street. But now, look what had happened. Things were much worse than before. She was about to cry out in despair. But then, she heard a small voice. Forget him. It said, you guys obviously weren't compatible. (laughs) Jane peered around to see where it was coming from. Soon she realized the voice was coming from inside the greasy bag on the street. Next thing she knew, Jane was on a honeymoon to Greece having the best, most meaningful connection of her life. And yes, the steamiest sex of her life with the paper bag. (laughs) They lived happily ever after. Okay. That's the story one. Anyone interested? I really skim over a lot of... I mean, there's in between the greasy bank but There's a lot more that could be, you know. All right. Story two. The tale of two tattoos. Des was a tattoo artist who loved doing his job. Tattooing was his number one thing. He would tattoo hundreds of people from his tattoo shop and he had a very established Instagram presence. We're talking like 80,000 followers. For a tattoo artist, that's quite a lot, right? Like, tattoo Instagram is kind of a thing, but not that much. Anyway, Des was a fan of the artist Al Hirschfeld, (laughs) who's well known for drawing or working his daughter's name, which was Nina, into his drawings. Nina's name would be cleverly hidden in someone's hair or the ruffles in a collar or the folds in a dress. What Des did was to subtly work his Instagram handle (laughs) into his tattoos... because it was the only thing that he loved in his life, (laughs) apart from tattoos. One day, a customer with a lot of tattoos came into his tattoo shop, asking for a tattoo. Des saw a tattoo by someone else I noticed some very subtle writing in it, hidden. In the same way that he'd write his Instagram handle. Hello, Des, it said. (laughs) I hope this tattoo message finds you well. (laughs) I saw your technique of writing your Instagram handle in a tattoo on the person I'm writing on right now and I thought that I'd reach out. "I really love your work." Des was amazed. How had they managed to fit so much writing into a single tattoo? The answer is, it was a big tattoo. Des wrote back to his mystery tattoo pen pal in the tattoo his customer had asked him to do. It was a tattoo of Mario and Luigi (laughs) sharing a joint. They corresponded this way for a year back and forth in tattoos, Soon, Dez found himself falling for his tattoo pen pal. And he suggested in a tattoo of a psycho clown that they meet. The reply came. Message me on Instagram, it said, and gave a handle. Elated, Des rushed to his phone and typed in the characters in the tattoo. He was so excited, he left his tattoo gun waving around. (laughs) Not many people know this, but if you don't control them, tattoo guns will wave around (laughs) like a fire hose spraying ink all over the place and tattooing people randomly. <laughs> it was a mess, but Des wanted to check out his Tattoo Pen Pals IG. The page loaded, and Des's heart, so full of enthusiasm and hope, was broken. Their Instagram presence was really bad. and they only had, like, 30 followers. At that point, why don't you just send photos to a group text? He thought. And never responded to any of their tattoo messages again. Instead, Des met another tattoo artist... He found on Instagram Explore, <laughs> who had a fair number of followers, and they lived happily ever after. Anyone interested in, uh, in that one? Thank you very much. Um, third story is about a, a guy. He's about this tall, wears glasses, he sort of has a transatlantic accent, a bit confusing, and he discovered that he loved the audience that was in front of him. Thank you so much, very appreciate your listening to my stories.
0: Let's see if this works. Yes. Okay, so in the intro, you may remember I said that Tom Hanks is the villain of You've Got Mail, and I just wanted to, like, prove why that's true. Um, So this is my PowerPoint called Hello, It's Mr. Nasty. That's a thing Tom Hanks says in You've Got Mail. Tom Hanks is the villain of You've Got Mail, and it's ruined my ability to have a healthy relationship. Okay, I, I know a lot of you are like, I'm this girl's really wrong, but I think you will see the light by the end of this PowerPoint. Okay. Tom Hanks is a privileged white man, right? I mean, in real life, but like in the in this movie, he is, Joe Fox. Um, he probably thinks he worked hard for his money, but he's at least third generation rich because we see him in a scene where he's like with his dad and his granddad, and they're talking about all the women they fucked and all of the like independent bookstores they've shut down. Um, he's a capitalist and he doesn't feel bad about it in any way and he literally laughs when small businesses fail they like read off a list of like all the bookstores that used to be on the upper west side Um, I believe that if he lived today he would be appointed to Trump's cabinet Um, or if not that he would be tweeting a lot about how Hillary shouldn't have written a memoir Um, that's like if he's like a George Clooney liberal Uh, so in this movie, Tom Hanks complains about people who order complicated coffee drinks, right? That's one of the first, like, flirty emails he sends to Meg Ryan. Um, but the example he gives is a tall decaf cappuccino. <laughs> when I'm seven, I'm like, that's, that makes sense. But actually, that's a very normal drink. The only weird thing is that it's decaf. Uh, and earlier in the movie, he did, like, brag about how people were going to buy cappuccinos from him with his best friend Dave Chappelle. <laughs> They're like, we're going to seduce them with our square footage and our discounts and our deep armchairs and our... And at the same time, they're like, our cappuccino. Like, that's a catchphrase. Um, Dave Chappelle is his best friend in this movie but gets to tell no jokes. And it's really one of the things that makes me maddest in the world. All right, so, and similarly, Tom Hanks says things in a joke cadence, but they aren't actually jokes and they aren't actually funny. Um, So he'll say, like, I don't know, dumb shit. And it's probably because he's a white man and he's never experienced any, like, pain, any real emotion. People laugh at anything he says. He thinks he's funny, but he hasn't learned about, like, the funny word has to come last, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, By the way, You've Got Mail is one of my favorite movies. I know you're like, this girl just doesn't like You've Got Mail. That's not true. I love You've Got Mail. I've watched it probably 40 times. Um, it's so beautiful. <laughs> all right. Tom Hanks takes all the caviar, right? He, that's a villain. That caviar is a garnish. <laughs> Um, he feels like he's entitled to the whole world because he's a rich man and he always got to have all the caviar and meanwhile Meg Ryan is an orb of pure joy and everyone thinks Tom Hanks is so great and they're like Meg Ryan looks so fucked up after she got plastic surgery but you know what she didn't invent patriarchy okay Parker Posey is the villain of this movie right this is not her and You've Got Mail, this is her and Josie and the Pussycats, but it's so good <laughs> that I had to include it. Um, I saw this at BAM like a year ago, and when she came on screen, people started applauding. Uh, the thing is, Parker Posey is literally a more successful version of me. Uh, she's brilliant, she's vital, she's energetic, she's generous, she's like a career woman who's working in the publishing world, really getting done what she wants to get done, and um, and just to show you how great she is like someone at one point is like how do you sleep at night and she gives them a recommendation of sleeping pills <laughs> like, that she has like found you know after a lot of hard work trying a lot of different sleeping pills um she compliments Frank just some writer at a party she's like oh my god I read your piece you were so great like I'm a writer one time one person did that on a date and I almost had to leave because it was too much <laughs> and meanwhile like Tom Hanks is a cishet dullard <laughs> um Okay, so he, Tom Hanks gets mad at Parker Posey a lot throughout the movie, which is supposed to be shorthand for, like, he shouldn't be with her, he should be with Meg Ryan. But, okay, these are the reasons that he gets mad at her. She shares details of her job and her life. And he's like, oh, this again. Um, she reminds him about a dinner that he agreed to go to because he is her partner. Um, and then he's like, can't I just give money instead? And then he's like, what is it this week? Free Albanian writers? Like, he thinks genocide is funny. (laughs) Um, And, like, at a party she talks about Julius and, uh, like, Ethel Rosenberg, which sounds interesting to me. And he's like, oh, she won't stop talking about anything. (laughs) Um, I only got one halfway through the movie when I was watching this at work, doing a PowerPoint instead of my job. But I feel like there's definitely more reasons he gets mad at her for no reason. So I just feel like if... Tom Hanks hates Parker Posey so much he should have broken up with her, instead of stringing her along until he could find somebody better. And there's no joke there, but it's really how I feel. <laughs> um, so Tom Hanks, he really this, okay. This scene, I was like, I if this was made today, like this would be like in the Trump biopic. This would be the backstory. He speaks really condescendingly to the Mexican cashier at Zabar's um this is rosa or rose and he says hi rose that's a great name rose this is a credit card machine oh she's like meg ryan is in a cash only line but she didn't know so she's like freaking out this is a credit card machine Happy Thanksgiving. It's your turn to say Happy Thanksgiving back. And then he's like, knock, knock. Who's there? A credit card machine or something like that. I don't know. It just seems like he sucks and he's like a rich dude. I don't know. You have to watch the movie. He's the worst <laughs> person of all time. All right. Tom Hanks loves The Godfather, which I feel like is not necessarily a character flaw, but really got on my nerves. It's like, okay. Okay. She's like, what is it with Men and the Godfather? And later she tries to use a Tom Hanks line on Frank, her boyfriend, and he's like, oh, the Godfather, of course. Um, But the thing is, he's, like, never read Pride and Prejudice, and he's never even heard of it. And I feel like Tom Hanks, who owns a bookstore, thinks that all, like, books by women need to be, like, in pink and have titles written in a curly font. Um, Yeah, he also gaslights Meg Ryan through all of Act 3. He lies to her in a really premeditated way um, which is extremely fucked up. And he also makes fun of Joni Mitchell lyrics for not being literal. He's like oh I've seen clouds from both sides now. What does that mean? She's a pilot? And it's like it's a metaphor. (laughs) If you read even one of the books you saw you would know about metaphors. He also takes his dog to meet her at the end of the movie, which a lot of people have been like, that's so cute. I would love if a man brought his dog to meet me. But I think it's too much for the first meeting. (laughs) The dog jumps on her. She has to act like she loves the dog. She's just met the dog. She doesn't know anything about it. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, the idea that mean flirting is the only exciting form of romance, like to really be in love with someone you have to have banter with them, I think is really problematic I've learned through my years living in Brooklyn that people who mean flirt to you are bad. Um, They're feeling, they generally are just mean and they they wanna be better than you, so they say mean things to you and it's not cute. Um, I mean flirt and it's because I'm bad now, Um, but I'm trying to do it less. I'm just trying to listen to people, compliment them, ask them questions about their life. Yeah, and I just realized anyone I've ever kissed and, like, been happy with were just genuinely nice to me. Um, Being mean is not a flirt, even if Tom Hanks is an asshole throughout all of you have got mail. And I think what I've realized is that men should have personalities (laughs) and that believing yourself right in every situation is not a personality. (laughs) Um, So in conclusion, uh, this is from, in the movie, Meg Ryan being brilliant, says when you read a book as a child, it becomes part of your personality or your identity. I think it's the same for watching movies. I watch this movie like every week because it's my mom's favorite movie and we only had two VHSs. And I just think that Nora Ephron didn't know how to write good men Harry from when Harry met Sally is so boring. Billy Crystal's not funny. He doesn't even have a job in that movie. Don't tell me he's a sports journalist. He's not a sports journalist. Um, yeah, Nora Ephron didn't know how to write good men. I don't know why she ended up with a great guy. But anyways, this is why I am forever alone in this life. The end. Thank you guys so much. Thank
1: you so much. Houston, 20 seconds to LOS Nice to be in orbit. Book Club, the comedy show, recorded at Union Hall by Good Orbit. Live sound and recording by Daniel Arvanko.